0: And welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Here we discuss marriage, parenting, discipleship, homeschooling, and everything else that comes into play when you're following God's plan for your family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Dennis Gunderson. We'll be talking about a serious and often overlooked topic of discouragement and depression for homeschool moms in particular. Dennis shares some biblical insight and encouragement for you, as well as helping you identify what you may be struggling with. I hope you'll take a few minutes to listen in, whether you're currently struggling or not, for you will learn of many ways to help those who are struggling as we unpack this topic together. I am so glad you're here. So let's dive right in. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to our Facebook Live series here with Teach Them Diligently at Home. I am really excited and very thankful to be able to have the conversation that we're going to have today with uh, Dennis Gunderson. Dennis, for those of you who haven't met him, I I think has been with us for uh, ever since the very first year of Teach Them Diligently. I don't remember doing a Teach Them Diligently year without you, Dennis. Have you been around all the time?
1: We have yeah grace of truth has been on board uh, from the very first meeting in spartanburg and uh, i remember talking on the phone with david i think i was one of the first yep. exhibitors to ever talk on the phone with david about the idea of you know is, is there room for another homeschool convention do you think i could do this and he had some positive ideas and I, we wanted to be part of it so i i think this guy's on to something i was thankful <laughs> to hear from him and so yeah we've been on from day one well that's <laughs> awesome we
0: we absolutely love the gunderson's and are so thankful for their friendship and partnership, not only in the ministry here, but personally, they have um, they have just really, really been dear friends to us. And that part of the reason why I wanted him to come on today and talk about discouragement and depression and and these emotions that we deal with is because last year maybe two two three years ago i can't remember within the last few years i reached out to dennis the lord just really prompted me as i was praying for someone that i care about a lot who was struggling with some some discouragement and and other issues the lord just prompted me to reach out and ask dennis to pray i had no idea at the time that he actually had been speaking and working on a lot of content that has to do with this. But I immediately started watching his videos on the subject and they were so incredibly helpful and opened my eyes to to conversations and to realities that I was unaware of. And so I just really, I wanted to bring him on and give him the opportunity to, to discuss some of those things. Dennis, what prompted you in the first place to start talking about discouragement, anxiety, depression, all of these emotions that, that we tend to struggle with as homeschool moms.
1: Yeah. Wow. You know, you're a refresher of that conversation you and I had, I had kind of forgotten about that in the last year or so. And now I remember that you talked about this kind of a session. And I think this has a lot to do with why Heidi St. John, some of her sessions are so popular because she really reaches into the lives of women when they're discouraged and teaches some, you know, strategies for coping with that. But as for me, well, I, I, you know, I've pastored for 26 years in three different churches and uh, it's been a number of years since I've been pastoring. We've been focused on grace and truth books since then. But during those years, I did a lot of counseling with people that I suppose one of the most common counseling needs was depression Mm. and, uh, you know, everything from what you'd call kind of a mild sadness or somebody's just a little down and wants to feel better to people that were on the verge of suicide and feeling like they just couldn't stand life to go on the any, any longer. And so I've had many occasions to put a lot of thought into this. And even on the mission field, I've, I've, I've been in, the, you know, Jamaica, Dominican Republic, Mexico, and met believers in with totally different kinds of depressions there for completely different sources and reasons and circumstances than we go through. So, uh, I've I've learned over the years that persecuted peoples go through a different kind of depression than we do. Sometimes we think they might not deal with that. They do. You know, they deal with struggles of being bitter at God over why why is this happening? And we tend not to think that that might be the case. So I, I've realized that this is a, a broad spectrum of need. When you look through the scriptures, it's fascinating that you've— the the multitude of words you find to describe the moods people are in Hmm. godly people not not unrighteous people going through all kinds of downer periods in their lives you know and uh i think i came up with a chart that i put up when we when i do this as a workshop uh, at the conventions i put up this picture this collage of words and there's about 36 different words that basically all in some way or other talk about being discouraged depressed down brokenhearted shattered something and uh, you know, distressed or downcast. So this is a very common need. And uh, I knew that, well, I I live with a homeschool mom. She's not a homeschool mom anymore. Uh, We graduated our four kids a long time ago, but I saw her go through deep waters during those, those years over homeschooling as well as everything else, you know, and realizing that how, how tough a calling it can be.
0: Yeah. I think, um, those of us who are in the trenches homeschooling, you know, we We not only are, are caring for our children, but we're caring for our husbands and all of the burdens <laughs> and such that they bear as well. And a lot of us have yeah. husbands in ministry, which adds a whole nother layer of of burden and of, of situations to bear. And so I, I think that there's a, a very unique, you, you noted, and I thought it was so fascinating how different. Different stages of life have different struggles, different places where you are, persecuted here, homeschooling, all these different things. The struggles look really different, but they're very real. They are Satan, I think, is just whispering so many lies into our heads. And I loved when I was watching your videos, how you started breaking down words that I had never actually parked on. And so I would love for you to just give, give these moms, there's, there's a lot of them watching, give these moms some of the insight into some of the things I would never be inclined to call out things as depression or, you know, I'm, I'm much more serve everybody else and push, push me aside. That's just who I am. And I think sometimes it catches up with us and we don't even know we're blindsided by stuff that we don't, we don't even know what to call it.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. I found yeah. your
0: list so helpful to give some of this stuff a name. So, yeah. could, could you yeah. give us some of those words? In fact, I'm going to take me off screen for a minute so that people can just listen to to some of these some of the things that we can call. And I'll I'll come back on in a little bit. But just would really love to give you the opportunity to tell us all about it.
1: Okay, all right. I'll do my best. <laughs> well, I find that one of the most common errors that those who are discouraged make and that drives them deeper into discouragement sometimes can turn an ordinary period of being a little bit down into a intense you know life-changing depression uh is when they misunderstand what it means to rejoice in the lord uh that's a big theme in scripture uh i don't know i think i don't know just about anything else that will make christians feel as guilty As the fact that they don't rejoice in the Lord as much as they should and which seems like such an oddity uh, like it's a a truth that backfires on us yeah I'm supposed to rejoice in the Lord always and I don't feel anything like that and so they start trashing themselves and deciding I'm obviously a lousy Christian and one of the things I stress early uh, anytime I teach on this is that it's possible to rejoice in the Lord even when you're grieving over other things Uh, you've got a joy in the Lord it it doesn't it, Paul didn't tell us rejoice over everything. He said he didn't say rejoice over things that should naturally and normally make someone sad or discouraged or or that hurt. He said rejoice in the Lord always and that means that whatever else is hurting whatever else is causing you to be down while you're experiencing that at least hold on to the fact that you've got something to rejoice in in the Lord it's him you rejoice in it's not all these other things he doesn't change those other things so that they're pleasant they're not pleasant they're not happy things we live in a world of many unhappy realities in a cursed world and we need to respond to that normally uh, things that cause pain you know we we can't not feel that and so rather than think of those two things as contradictory we've got to recognize that i hold my joy in the lord I'm thankful for what I have in him while I'm going through a dark time Hmm. while I'm happy and that that one doesn't eliminate the other and that it's not as though you're you're not happy about Christ because there's something that makes you sad maybe you've got a broken relationship you know Uh, maybe you've got a sin in your life that you can't you're not having any success dealing with Uh, that broken relationship maybe is unreconciled and uh, it's it's going from bad to worse you've got a rebellious child uh, or something I went through for a while. I've got a, a, a long-lasting period of physical pain. Uh, I had a period of around 15 years when I had a shoulder injury that was so painful. Uh, I remember telling my wife on occasion, say, I didn't know that a person could hurt this much and still be alive. I thought it would kill you <laughs> to feel this much pain. And so whatever one of these things is, you know, any, any one of these circumstances, uh, we've got to learn what, what exactly do I do with myself during it to cope with it, there are people that, that tend to commonly recommend well you you need a uh, intense course of Bible study and they'll oh they'll give a, a mom something like you know the Martha pieces the excellent wife well I, I tell people that's if you want to give take, take a depressed woman and give her a book like the excellent wife you might as well have given her a boat anchor and yeah. put her out in the ocean you know you, <laughs> she's she's likely to drown with that thing it's going to make her feel all the more that no i'm i'm terrible i'm not this kind of person i'm not this excellent wife at all and so one of the things i recommend to people is that rather than start a course of uh, intense bible study and uh, something like that it'd it'd be far better just to wallow in the word of god Mm. in broad reading i tell them just, just start reading throughout the scriptures here and there look for look for areas that you haven't read uh don't study anything. Don't give yourself anything heavy to study. You're least of it, You're you're not likely to be the person that needs, you know. I'm going to recommend about a 300-page book on depression at the end of the workshop. You know who needs that book is your friends. Yeah. <laughs> For your best friends uh, will benefit from that book and glean from it and then tell you a few pointers that will help you. Mm. But the person who's down doesn't need to be focused on the book on depression in that way. They need to find other truths and. I find that it's so important just to, to take times to glean from all over the scriptures and just read widely and broadly in the Word of God, not looking for anything particular, because you might find the food you need where you least expected it. <laughs> and, uh, another thing is that uh, pretty commonly, the homeschool mom finds that she's, uh, much of the source of her discouragement is that she's overworked. And that can be true. You know, there it is, it's common with, Christian families, just as much as any other families, that we can tend to uh, fail to pass off some of the household duties to our kids. Uh, We can fail to to train them in that, and that results in more work for the mom. Uh, But alongside that, I tell the moms, maybe what you need even more than passing off some of the work is that once once you've given some of that, once you've distributed some of that to the kids— uh, how about finding fresh new ways to serve that you will love, mm. things that will delight your heart to do, <laughs> and and this is why the solutions to discouragement can seem almost contradictory at times, uh, because if you find fresh new ways to serve, obviously that's more work. Yeah, but you don't you don't want a life that feels meaningless because all of your work is the same humdrum all the time. Mm. You may need to get on some church ministry team. You may need to. To get out of your house and and serve that elderly neighbor in some way, or take food to someone uh, that you want to minister to. And suddenly something that gives you a different kind of work gives you a whole different feel about your life. And you start to lose that feeling of worthlessness and insignificance. And that all I do is these same old things all the time. So it's not merely a matter of shedding some work. It's often a matter of, can I find some new work that I will find meaningful that will involve me in ministry? And that I'll have some real delight in. So those are those are some of the key things that I find are are really crucial to do.
0: Well, Dennis, uh, real quick before you move on, you mentioned as you were talking about rejoicing in the Lord, and
1: yeah. you know,
0: then I I loved. In fact, I, part of little little clue here. Part of the reason I'm hidden is I'm a crier. So you know, I figure I, I I'll remove <laughs> my tears from this. But you know, one of the things that I was thinking of as you were talking about. <laughs> Rejoicing in the Lord um, and and making the point that it it that is separate from our circumstances, God. It may not change those hurtful circumstances, and they do ache. They do cause your heart pain. As mm-hmm. as a lot of our moms, not only, you know, this wouldn't only impact them, but their friends, their spouses, even their children. So, how can focusing on that when When we try to fix people, we want to throw scripture and we want to, you know, give them all of these truths that we know. But sometimes I feel like the the valley is so deep that even if other people know those truths, that's not necessarily the best course of action at that point. So how, based on your words of rejoicing in the Lord, how can we take that and really implement that into ways to help those that we see struggling all around us?
1: Yeah. Well, that's a fairly complicated question. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. I'll have to give some thought to that. Yeah, I don't know who said it first, but I remember hearing someone in professional counseling say that I had yet to see anyone in a period of deep depression who was helped as much by a professional counselor as he could be helped by simply the nearness of the people who loved him the most. Mm. And. Effectively, he was saying that sometimes it's not about the things that we know so much as it's about the relationships that we have and and the people who are important to us. Will they be able to come alongside of us and, and help us to know that we're going through something normal? We're experiencing something that other believers have experienced and that they they love us and accept us just as we are. One has to think sometimes, you know, when you read the book of Job, how differently would that whole story have read? How differently would that man have endured his trials? If those friends who had showed up had come around and been supportive friends instead of accusatory friends, right. you know, uh, if they had come around and said, you know, yeah, we've been through some serious trials, too. I know what it is to have pain like this. But, man, you are really going through it like you're at a level of something that none of us have ever been through. And what can we do? You know, we're here to help. What can we do to help? Yeah. And instead, they began to search for, well, you know, you must be an ungodly man. God wouldn't have put you through this if you. Uh, if you weren't wicked or hiding some sort of wickedness. And they began to, they were trying to be spiritual minded by looking for some reason or source for this when that was none of their business. They should have come alongside their friend and said, you're in miserable circumstances. We're going to help you get through this. We're going to do things you can't do right now. We will pray with you that the Lord will show, you know, what is the way forward from this. Uh, they, They didn't do any of that. They searched for the wrong kinds of things. So we do have to spend some time with our friends in that way. I think what I said about ministry—it's good to get friends involved in ministry when they're uh, down in this way. It's good to get them outside. You know, yeah. one of the things the depressed do most often is they don't—they stay inside too much. Yeah. And Charles Spurgeon once counseled a young pastor who was greatly discouraged, and uh, this young pastor said, uh, you know, he just felt like he was a failure in his study and wasn't preparing good sermons anymore and was thinking about resigning the ministry and just thought he was botching it as regards being a pastor and spurgeon said you know what you need he said you you need to feel a blast of cold wind in your face off the lake and and he just urged him you need to get outside and be in different circumstances than your office go somewhere and experience some of god you know the the goodness of the lord fills the earth (laughs) and sometimes we don't experience that when we're in the same four walls all the time so a friend can help their friend get outside in that way to and you, you know you don't have to be some kind of a uh uh you know you you don't have to be a sports lover to do that i found real satisfaction at times just in little parks that are near my house uh getting outside and taking some of my work there do reading out there instead of in my office so but friends can come alongside in that way uh, yeah.
0: Well, another another thing that the Lord has really spoken to my heart is just the importance of listening. And you mm-hmm. you kind of alluded to it with Job's friends, how they jumped in. But sometimes I know in my own life and, and you know, just full us. I, I really have not struggled deeply with this. I have times when I'm off balance and I want to talk about that in a little bit too. But, but with mm-hmm. others that I've known that really do struggle with some deep valleys, some deep hurts, some deep discouragements, sometimes the best gift that we can give them is just let them talk. And I've, I've found Mm. that sometimes they have to say stuff that isn't true to get to the truth. They have to actually, I think sometimes saying stuff out loud actually helps you get a hold of your thoughts more than, (laughs) you know, just if you hold them captive and they can't get out, I think sometimes it's even harder to work through them that way.
1: Yeah, that is one of the most valuable things that friends can do is listen to this person, even when they're venting, when they, they may say inappropriate things. Some of the, the the weakest helpers or some of the most, I guess, the most failing helpers when somebody is depressed is those who feel that they must reprove every sin that comes out of someone's mouth. You know, they, they, they may need to be, that, that's part of how they're confessing their own sins to the Lord is admitting some of these Sinful thoughts, maybe even judging God, disliking God and His providence, sharing those things. They want to they want to get that out and say, this is some of what I'm going through. Help. That's how we help each other work through that. You know? uh, going back to Job, it reminds me. There's a verse. I think it's Job 6:26 where he said, "Do you think you can reprove words that are just wind?" And what he meant by his friends is that you know sometimes, sometimes we're just blowing off steam. We're just getting windy. We're blowing hot air, and a real friend will listen to that and will bear with his friend and then help him get back right. on his feet spiritually. Right. So,
0: well, yeah, and, is- and as if you are the one who is currently in that valley, then it, it's really important to find that friend, that that someone, your spouse or another friend, whoever it is that, that you can go to in those times. Um, so, I think mm. that that's, that's a truth that for both ways, there is hope in that, there is great comfort in that in being able to work out your feelings verbally without someone jumping on every single (laughs) theologically inaccurate statement that comes out of your mouth when you're just really struggling like that.
1: Right. Yeah. That kind of stuff is just not helpful at all. And it's not realistic. The person, you know, that's, that's not the friend you need at that moment because they're not even admitting themselves to you that they have been through their own deep waters, their own dark valleys and how they have felt uh, during those times. So
0: So what are some of the other, you know, I kind of cut you off midstream there. So what are some of the other things that you see a lot, you deal with a lot that, that we can learn from here?
1: Yeah. Well, let me, let me think here. Uh, I'm uh, trying to remember some of those, some of those key points to be covered. It's a, it's just so important to not, not let bitterness at God get a hold of us. Mm. I guess that's one that's coming to mind. That might be more of a male thing than a female thing. I have noticed that over the years that it doesn't seem that as many ladies might deal with that as men. Uh, you might want to correct me on that. Maybe you've met some that do, you know. Well, but, I'm, su- uh, I'm
0: sure there are some, but I, I think that that probably is an accurate stroke there. I think what I've seen with a lot of us ladies now, again, I'm I'm removing the deep deep valleys. So, when you say what I'm about to say, but but a lot of times we can just get personally. I can get very off balance where I I have a hard time focusing. I have a hard time feeling right. I just don't feel right. And at that point it comes out in insecurities. It comes out in just more easily discouraged. Things strike me much Differently than they would if I if I felt like I was standing on a firm foundation So I think that this is something that even those of us that tend to be fairly even killed are going to struggle with on any given day
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true I also encourage folks to uh, not settle for just any one answer the first answer that comes along Mm. That's been one of the most important counsels in my talks about this There's a temptation that when you find something that contributes to it, you know to your depression to solve that and think, well, good, I, I found it. You know, I got it. I got it fixed. Uh, maybe you needed, you know, there's always going to be somebody that'll say, well, you need exercise. And so I say, okay, well, I'll get out and get some exercise. And yeah, that does make you feel better. You need a change of diet, you know. But, you know, what if, honestly, what if, what if you change your diet and you, you get rid of your sugar blues and all of that and get some exercise, but you still have you know, a terrible relationship with your spouse at home? Or some kind of unreconciled relationship with a friend that's descended to the point of of bitterness, a real crisis in your family. There's a you know there's there's depression meds obviously there's meds that, that someone can get that prescriptions, and you know I'm not I'm not a doctor I'm not a medical professional I can't say a lot about that but the things that I have heard medical professionals say is that uh, the 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 uh, the sensible uh, well reasoned medical professionals doctors that I've known have said that they don't want to put someone on one of those uh in a permanent lasting way as though this is this is going to be a lifetime thing. They didn't want it to be something that they rely on from then on. They wanted it to be a temporary measure to help them get over a hump, you know. And the concern is that once the depression med starts to work and help you, the temptation is there to think, okay, that that is the one thing I needed and I will never ever ever stop taking this. Well, it would be better to keep looking for. Is the, are there are there other causes that got me here hmm. that maybe you'll help me someday where I can do this without medication? That would be ideal, you know, to to look for the rest, just kind of the complete picture of your spiritual life. What else might be involved?
0: Yeah. Well, of those of those words that you alluded to early on, all the different ways that God's word defines kind of this state of mind or this you know extensive state of mind. What are some of the things that God's word gives us to help get us through those? What is some of the hope that we can find that, that we can, you know, build our, our strategy, I guess, our, our climb upon. I know I've personally been spending an awful lot of time in the Psalms lately um, because Mm -hmm. David struggled with a lot of these things. And so just seeing how, how God worked in his life and the things that he clings to. Um, and even some of the things that he says that you're like, whoa, <laughs> you know, that, like we were talking about earlier, those things that, that you really shouldn't say. And yet yet God knows our God knows our frame. He knows that we are but dust. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that that we can really uh, <clears throat> kind of learn from here as we're kind of winding down? But the things that we can g- gain hope from.
1: Yes. Well, you know, honestly, the, it comes back largely to the gospel to keep in mind constantly that we are, whatever state we're in, whether I'm feeling like the model Christian right now or whether I'm feeling like I am everything but, you know, to ultimately that I'm accepted in Christ, uh, that God receives me as I am in Christ. It's the gospel of Christ that makes our lives worth living and uh, that he is the reason for our acceptance with God. That he's, you know, that he's given us the body of Christ. These are times for the body of Christ to be operative and to, uh, as we said, draw near those other Christian friends. We, we usually don't need, uh, you alluded to this a while ago, we usually don't need a lot of different people at those times. There usually are some specific people that we need. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people that, that God has put into our lives who are destined for a time like this to encourage us. So look for those folks in the body of Christ. That's one of the sources that we that we have you know, to, to put our hope in what God is doing through the family of God in that way. Mm. I also usually find, you know, another resource in this. I, I, I hate to call these things resources. It sounds so technical. But there are a lot of homeschool parents that have ceased to take time to enjoy each other. And they yes. have let the overwork in their families reach the point where they don't date anymore. They don't they don't get out and do things together and there have been couples I've just had to tell you, you need to start learning how to enjoy each other again. Yep. And I remember I read something that was really fun. It wasn't even in a Christian magazine. I think it was in some sort of I think it might have been some sort of psychology magazine somewhere, which I wouldn't normally think much of or say much of. But this guy had such a fantastic insight. He said that he had noticed that most people that stayed happy were in marriages where when one partner suggested an initiative, the other one said yes. Yep. And So, and he, he called it prompts. I think he called it positive prompts, that when one, no matter how busy they were, if one of the spouses said, hey, how about let's do this? That the other one would say, sure, okay, you know? And so that, and that gave kind of a reinforcement to both of them that they had a real joy and delight in doing things together with each other, rather than always turning everything down and saying, you know, are you crazy? Can't you see how busy I am? I couldn't possibly break away and do that right now. Uh, You know, we, we, We've got all these things we've got to do, and my wife has been very good at this. She's become very responsive at this kind of thing over the years. That I come up with, it, I say, "Hey, let's let's go out to eat and go to see a movie," and she's got that capacity now to just to drop everything and say, "Yeah, you and I are going to enjoy time together, even though there's a billion things to do." You know, and uh, so that kind of positive response to the suggestions of others it builds the relationship. It, we, we both remember that that yeah, I had something I liked, not only that I wanted to do, but that I wanted to share with you, and you responded happily to that. You also wanted to share that moment with me. And that that can turn the blues around so constructively and give us some joy in life again, so.
0: Yeah, I um, one of the things that I have found with within our relationship here is, first of all, prioritizing time together. Mm. In in our family, I am the one that David needs to listen to him and he is the one that I need to kind of help me level out. And sometimes with me, that just means let me lean into you or let's go take a walk or whatever it is. But we have seen, especially, you know, everything is so busy. We have four kids that are in high school and college and, you know, the ministry of teach them diligently and all this stuff going on that if we Mm -hmm. it's when we allow that busyness to drive a wedge that we're most susceptible for the lies that start the spiral into off balance or discouragement or anxiety or whatever it is. So, so really, really prioritizing that relationship. I talk about that a lot within teach them diligently like 365 because it's so critically important at every stage of our, of our marriage. Cause mm-hmm. It's going to be just he and I before we know it because time. Yeah, right. So yeah, I, um, i I really, really appreciate your drawing that the drawing attention to the fact that we need to enjoy one another, and a lot of times just bringing that joy into our relationship does kind of head off at the past some of these other things that we experience
1: yeah, that usually is one of the main things that we have let die uh that we have kind of forsaken and allowed work to dominate our lives yeah. uh, that that contributes to this. For sure. And it doesn't, it doesn't just contribute to a depression, but it tends to deepen it. It tends to take the dark valley and sink us into it in a, a really lasting way where it becomes like quicksand. You know? Right.
0: So. Right. Right. Well, you know, just kind of, we're, we're getting down to the end of our time here. What are then some of the things that the resources that you have, you alluded to a, a, something that you put up. Do you have any materials that I'm sure that the people that are are leaving comments and stuff here, basically amens and and a lot of insights that that really show that they're they're absolutely in agreement and thankful for what you've been saying. But do you have any uh, resources that they could access or that we could put with this within the session that this will be attached to? It teach them diligently at home.
1: Yes, for sure thing. For one, you uh, you alluded at the start of the uh, this this broadcast that uh, you had seen the videos yes. that I did on this at a Bible conference in Arizona some years ago. Those are still on YouTube, and uh, I think they're best found by using my last name, Gunderson, yes. with an S-E-N, uh, and uh, the word depression. And uh, the, con- the conference was called Grace Conquers All. So I believe if somebody did a search at YouTube for Gunderson Depression, Grace Conquers All, something like that, they would find video one and video two yeah. in the sidebar. So that's a there's a solid, oh I'd say two and a half hours of material that explores much more thoroughly everything we've talked about here for thirty minutes. So I'd encourage folks to listen to those. Yes. The others, uh, books, we'll see how well a book will display on here today, but this book, uh, Depression Looking Up from the Sudden Darkness by Edward Welch. Okay. That is- That is at our website. He just really gets it. This guy understands what people go through. Hmm. He obviously has counseled a lot of people uh, about this subject. That's available at Grace and Truth Books. And that is by far the most helpful book I know of that directly deals with the subject. And then uh, this is gonna be familiar to some of uh, our viewers, but Teaching from Rest by Sarah McKenzie. Every homeschool mom really needs to read this book. And that's also available at Grace and Truth Books. Probably to me, one of the most insightful, striking things that she, you know, I I would say so much of her book is built around this theme where she said that rest is the virtue uh, between overworking and giving up. And she had a couple of different words for that. But the idea of that, that we tend to almost hit the wall at different times that we go through periods of our life where we work like crazy and drive ourselves nuts. And then once we've done that for long enough, we decide I can't stand this anymore. I just want to give up. And then we 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 dump responsibilities. We start to just, you know, we we go through even a period of supposing that I'll feel better if I actually just kind of get lazy for a while. And she said, you know, rest. Rest is a virtue that's in between sloth and being a workaholic. (laughs) So you don't have to be one or the other. You can actually just rest and resting people do work. Uh they know when to do that, but they also know when to stop. And so she very insightful book. I rec those are the two that I most recommend highly. So.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I will link to all of that. I'll tell you guys out there, when I watched those two sessions that Dennis was alluding to that he gave, I probably took six, seven, eight, ten pages of notes. I mean, I was writing and pausing and writing some more and it was so incredibly helpful for me to understand people that I'm talking to, as well as you know, the Lord shined a light on some stuff that I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on inside of me, and it it knowledge really does help you deal with these emotions so much better. So I cannot yes. encourage you strongly enough to go listen to those. I will link them here. I will link them within the summit. Um, you know, I will make sure that you have access to those because they are worth your time listen with your spouse um you know spend the time to go through these this content because it is fantastic and so so helpful so dennis thank you so much for coming out and talking with me today i really really appreciate the time
1: yeah thank you for doing this i'm really appreciate it. I'm, I'm so glad that you saw those sessions and that that uh, is going to be part of this this whole presentation so will. Oh, yeah. So-
0: yeah they're really really good and i'll also give you a link to um Uh, Grace and Truth books. So you can look at those books that he just recommended. I'll find those as well and link them in here so that it's all self-contained. You can find what you need. So thank you again. Thank you guys for hanging out with us and I hope you have a great rest of your afternoon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We believe that every family is called to Teach Them Diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within His families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.